I saw a wave, a dark wave, come over our nation. And it's not just the election, of course. But this program is going to be all in the name Rigged. Because when I and we formed Rigged, it was because of the financial system. But Rigged is now becoming common in America. It's all rigged. In a rigged system. Well, welcome to 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. I know I took a little time off there. Um, it's just something I need to do me for myself. It's kind of disappear in the mountains a bit and uh, relax and find some peace and kind of recalibrate. Uh, we got a lot going on. And regardless of what's taking place, it's important to stop and uh, just take a walk and talk to God, really. Um, talk to your children if you have them and people that are not confrontational with you. Uh, but we got a lot going on. So I want to get into a program that I think is very important for us to understand with the coming year. And this is a program called uh, Military and Financial Nuclear WMD. It's basically on our doorstep. And it's kind of a dual thing. And what I find pretty interesting, because I think it's the first time in, in my time, modern time, where we've had a military nuclear potential threat, as well as a massive financial WMD. And that's what we have going on right now. Now, I'm a little bit more optimistic, not thinking that the military nuclear threat um, is going to happen. I think there'll be a lot of restraint. They could use a, the thermal bombs, you know, before they go do that. But, you know, at the same time, it's not good. And we have decided to pick a fight. I don't care what side of the argument you're on. You want Yahoo, Ukraine, you know, that's your choice. Yeah, let's just take down Putin. I, okay, fine. I get it, I guess. All I know is we had peace for years under President Trump. And none of this would have ever happened, of course, because this is a orchestrated event that goes back to 2014. Well, it actually goes back decades. But, you know, Ukraine has always been used by the West is because if you understand the geology of Ukraine, it's like a bowling alley uh, through from Europe into Russia. The rest of the land masses have a lot of mountains. And so if there was any real invasion of Russia, it'd be through Ukraine. So, of course, Russia is not going to allow any Western nation to militarize on the border there. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Russia is a nation of $70 trillion of natural resources, rare earth minerals. They're not letting anybody get near it. Yet the West has decided that they're going to break the Minsk Agreement. They do this a lot, I find, that the West and NATO, especially the U.S., they just lie. They break agreements. So dishonorable. It kind of weirds me out. I get PSYOP warfare and everything else, but man, we got to have a lot better character than this. But anyway, Minsk agreement, the West made it clear to Russia, of course, after World War II and all of that, they made it clear they'll never advance east, which, of course, you know, you can see all the way through Poland and up they did. But then they did the Minsk agreement where they said they would not go any further eastward. Russia can feel comfortable. Ukraine will be kind of like this neutral territory. And it was left that way. Ukraine was also a center of pipeline of energy, mainly probably why they did it, from Russia all the way to Europe. Because without Russia, 
Europe would be in deep trouble. They don't have their own natural gas or energy. They're now buying American liquid natural gas at quadruple the price, but um, that's pretty rough. huh? Talk about inflation. So they're not going to allow it. They didn't. And everything was good. President Trump made it clear. In fact, President Trump hated NATO, which was smart. Uh, so you know, when you look at it from that perspective, um, everything was good. But then soon as Sloppy Joe takes over and these, you know, uh, neocon minions, it was game on. And you have to remember history real quick that this started in 2014, uh, at least currently under um, Barack Obama and President or Vice President Joe Biden. When they when a duly elected president of Ukraine was overthrown by Western alphabet. And it was a coup, but the West was behind it. Then they installed their puppet. And at that time, they brought in neo-Nazis. Now, I don't care what anybody says. I get about the I feel bad for the Ukrainian people more than anything else. I have Ukrainian friends. I know what it's like. And the Soviets definitely weren't nice people. This isn't really Soviet now, but... I get the dynamic, but neo-Nazis run Ukraine. All due respect to any human being that is remotely rational, there is no love for neo-Nazis. I thought that we should have spent the last 40, 50 years denouncing neo-Nazi. Don't they run around in the academia and media circles, bunch of buffoons, white supremacists, white supremacists, yeah, neo-Nazi. And yet everybody is so gun ho about Nazis in Ukraine, the Azov Battalion. I mean, it's not a debate. I mean, the photos, the videos, everybody knows. And the West trained these neo-Nazis. And if anyone remembers World War II, who did Russia have to be concerned about? Or well, what they were concerned about was the invasion by Germany headed by Hitler where the Nazis had gone in literally through Russia to invade and killed tens of millions of Russians. Now, if you're Russia, you see the world from a different lens because you're invaded and back in the day by Napoleon. Now you got in France and now you have Germany coming through, killing tens of millions. That's why the Soviet Union was created. The Soviet Union was one pissed off block of Russians taking as many countries as they can to keep the Nazis away as far as they can. I get that. It was tragic in the approach and feel bad for all those countries. But at the same time, let's blame Germany for that one. So here we are today where we had the Minsk agreement. And now you have this raging war going on in Ukraine. Now, it was we were just supporting Ukraine with weapons We've depleted our military supply. They're even talking about it publicly, which is astonishing. That we're sending over literally our active military supply to Ukraine. Ukraine's getting wiped out. The Russians are killing. Now, definitely setbacks for Russia. Our weapon systems have been doing some damage. But the Russians are definitely destroying Ukraine. They're not backing down. Russia is not going to back down. Period. We're not breaking them financially like we thought we would, even though we, the United States, has already spent, we, the taxpayers, have spent $100 billion to rage this war against Russia. And they thought we would financially break them, kind of like what we did in the fall of the Berlin Wall back in 1989. 
But it didn't work because this time, you know, commodities and natural resources are actually very important to the world, far more than they ever used to be. Russia now being a 70 trillion hub of natural resource, rare earth, mineral energy. They can now sell all of that to the East, the Middle East, China, India. They don't need the West. Well, Europe needs Russia. Europe doesn't produce anything. They have some farmland, but they're even taking that away. Europe needed Russian gas and oil. Now they're doing their darndest to get it on the mark, off the market right now, but with all the sanctions, they no longer can do it. And they're going to find out it was England or the U.S. NATO that blew up those Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines that were sending energy from Russia to Europe. Mega, mega, mega billion dollar pipelines we sabotaged and blew up. What restraint Russia has. I mean, that is, if that's not act of war, I don't know. But it harmed our allies more. It, it destroys Germany. Germany's uh, BASF, BASF Corporation, largest natural resource corporation in the world, has laid off a significant portion. They will never reopen significant portions of their business. And they are the Western, uh, I don't know, would you call them the, the, the one, the guru, the, the top, the, the big honcho of the natural resource business. And they're all shutting down. The, the economies in Europe are being destroyed because of energy prices. Now they're getting liquid natural gas from the United States at you know quadruple prices. Maybe that's part of it. But we did that to our allies or whoever did it. But I know it's going to be found out to be us, England, or one of us. And they did it to our own allies. They're the ones suffering. But they're stuck. They're forced to be aligned with the United States and they're stuck in this NATO deal and it's done there. That's it. It's game on. So the bottom line is wrap this end of this up is the the military side is not going away. The United States and NATO have been committed. They are not backing down. If they truly were trying to find some form of peace, they'd have emissaries and going to Russia Astonishingly, Henry Kissinger even came out in that 90-year-old decrepit age. He's got to go. I don't mean it like that if you're 90 because my grandfather was 90. Actually, was pretty cool. Um, I mean, though, you know, he needs to go away since he's probably the architect of a lot of this back in the day. But he even came out and said they need to start negotiating. But they're not. Nobody can back down. And here's why. Russia's definitely never going to back down because that's the bowling alley, the highway freeway right into Russia. They're, it's, they're there. NATO's made it clear. And the United States has made it clear that their goal is to destroy the Russian Federation as we know it. Well, if I'm Russia, I'm just going to give it all I got at that point, right? And Ukraine's the bowling alley, so they, they're not going to let go. Now you got the United States on the other side. They can't let go. Because since we put sanctions on Russia and did this, we have divided the world financially away from the unipolar hegemony of the U.S. dollar reserve currency. The banking system was already imploding in, in fall of 2019, but that's besides the point is they know that Russia and, and China in their prowess of energy, natural resources, rare earth minerals, They've got to be checkmated or the dollar's done because they're commodity-backed currencies. 
And China's already surpassed us as the you know, largest trade nation in the world. I mean, it's done. It's written on the wall where, where it's going. It's China. I think after we were to take on Russia, the neocons would be going for China. Somehow, I, don't, I think they're just going to let them take Taiwan. We're not going to war with China. But maybe I'm wrong on that one, too. But Russia is not letting go. They don't have to. Financially, things are coming from the east. Um, China's great at playing both sides of the fence, but Russia's being supported. And Europe's in deep trouble. And the United States can't let go because if they do, now that we've created this multipolar world where a major portion of all trade and natural resource and energy, which is most important to the world, is now being done in currencies in the Russian petro. Um, they're doing now the Russian petro and the Chinese petro, the Chinese petro yuan. They're now selling energy in gold. They're backing things up in commodities and using gold. And we just found out last year there was this major gold buyer, like a, we call them whales, that were coming in using sovereign accounts and just buying up all this gold. And we find out it was China, as well as central banks around the world buying more gold than they've ever bought. I have to say, if they're doing that, that may be a good idea for you to have it too. And silver. China's preparing for war. They've been, re, they've been retooling factories. They're getting their people ready. You could feel it. If you just understand military, you understand preps war history, you can just feel that the Chinese are prepping for something. I don't think we're going to do anything about Taiwan. I think we'll just let them, let them take it, negotiate something. I don't know, but the dollar won't survive this. This is the wrap-up of the military side. The dollar doesn't survive. The dollar will be destroyed. It will be reduced to a Western reserve currency as the East rises into these alternatives. Commodity-backed, when we're fiat fake, printing it on the printing press like Xerox copies, and so is Europe, we're in trouble. Printed trillions and trillions. We've increased the M2 money supply, paper money supply, unbelievable amounts 40 percent of all the currency we've printed in the world entirety of the usa has been done in the last two years you can't do that without consequences one of the biggest consequences we're seeing right now firsthand is the inflation on what we buy and what we do that's not going away because they're going to destroy the economy the best they can apparently they're doing a little bit of a good job doing that but it doesn't matter because the currency, the dollar reserve note, has been printed so badly that is diluted. So even if we retool, things will be expensive because the dollar doesn't buy you a lot. Like who wants to mow a lawn for five bucks now? That's what I used to charge. Of course, that was a long time ago. But the point is, it's diluted. So if the United States and the West lose this standoff in Ukraine, the dollar collapses. That's why we're not giving up. And Russia's never giving up because that's the, that's the driveway right into Russia, period. So does this little skirmish turn into a full-blown nuclear conflict or something worse? We have never been that close in 40, 50 years next to the Cuban Missile Crisis. And that's not even like it is today. 
I think there's a lot of restraint. I probably trust Russia more than I do the West. I think the West is desperate because it's financial for them. Russia's not in that same financial situation. And they're desperate. So false flags, here here they come. I love my country, but um, we're not, I, I would go about it a lot differently than this. Because we did that, we started bombing the Donbass. We started in, in, you know, encouraging Ukraine to bomb the Donbass and kill Russian people. That's a big deal. That is definitely the closest we've ever been to a accident happening. And now we want to send in Bradley vehicles and Patriots. And you think thermobomic bombs are not coming? Well, they're already dropping those, but they're just shy of nuclear. Very careful. The West has to be. And then we go into the financial. Probably should make this two parts, but I'll, st- I'll stick it out. This is a good one because financial is exactly the reason why the West is deciding to go now. Russia and China are growing to be too powerful and they've got to stop it from happening. What's well, too late? And I think it really backfired. I think the sanctions were a really bad idea. See, Nixon closed the gold window back in 1971. The world at that point was only about $4 trillion in debt. Today, it's, it's, it's beyond hundreds and hundreds of trillions. We're operating right now between debt, actual bond issue, global debt, and derivatives, which are made up fake investment insurance policies, financial instruments that definitely have obligation to pay. Between debt and derivatives, we are literally two and a half quadrillion dollars. Yeah, what's a quadrillion? One quadrillion is 999 trillion. And we're 2.5 quadrillion and going to be upwards to uh, three quadrillion within the next five years. That's why I contend that this whole thing I've been informed on is it's all over by 2025 and might miss it by a year, maybe 2026. But the goal is the you know digital ID, digital currency, one world order, I guess, if someone wants to go there. But the West is going to be the one trying to push and run that. And there's a big contingency called Russia, China, India, and others that are saying, um, I don't think so. So this amount of debt and derivatives, financial obligations... That's what controls and manipulates precious metal price, by the way. They're just fake derivatives, meaning they sell silver on paper that they don't actually physically own to sell. It's called a naked short. And they can legally do it because supposedly they're hedging the system and really they're helping the government out in the banks, especially. Because by keeping silver prices down, it shows that the dollar's still strong, which is not true, even though on paper it looks like it is. It's all corruptly manipulated. There's probably 500 ounces of silver sold on paper for every one real ounce in the vault for delivery. They only have 34 or 30 million ounces of silver left in the COMEX. It's a serious metal commodity in demand, especially if you want to do electric vehicles. This debt and derivative time bomb world WMT, if you're going to call a financial nuclear bomb, that's it. The pay the piper time is coming. The kick the can down the road, as people like to say, there is no more road. It's a cliff. You pump too much air into a balloon and it's it's blowing. So the only way you can really get through that is either allow it to implode internally 
by default and through the system, but you really got to have somebody you can blame. And, you know, obviously Russia was going to be it. I think they tried to blame it on the virus pandemic stuff. Didn't work. We actually came out of the pandemic and we were going to boom with prosperity and economic around the world. It was going to be a massive, massive party. So if you want to get pissed, oh, excuse me to mean like that, but if you want to get angry, that's it. We were getting ready to explode financially because of all the trillions in currency that were printed around the world. And at that point, it was still peaceful because President Trump left with all peace going around for the most part. And we would have kept international trade. Europe would have kept their energy. Everything would have been fine. The food channel, everything would have been booming. The shipping industry, money would have been everywhere. And it was for a little while. But that's just changed. So it either implodes through internally because we've done this, gone sanctions, divided the world and tried to. Now we're making this stand. The arm wrestle last stand of, of the dollar will it dominate or not. Maybe we can inflate the dollars away to make people want to come back, but there's a lot of dollar debt out there. But if they don't implode it through the internal components of the banking system, if they do that, they have to blame somebody. Can't blame the bankers, malfeasance, no way. Can't do that. So who's at fault or what? What caused all of this to happen? Everything was fine. We had a good game going on. We had balance. We knew what we were doing. And then this happened. But none of that has worked. And blaming Russia didn't work. But, you know, we escalate to that point. They can blame Russia or blame a world war, which I don't think we go to world war, but they could blame it on whatever war we escalate to. Or you just let it implode internally. That's it. That's all you got. Or you inflate it away, meaning you print and print and print trillions and trillions and trillions more. You put more out there. Which then causes more inflation for us. And goods and services become more expensive is why you want gold and silver. Eventually, they will lose that and you will find out why. But that's it. And if you, if you want to know why I know I'm what I'm saying is accurate enough. I mean, great in theory, right? But, you know, when you see the video, it's just a snippet, but it's a video of the FDIC banking chairman type people sitting around talking about bail-ins. And should we or should we not tell the American people? Well, if we tell the American people, one guy says, you know, they may panic and do a big run on the banks. Well, maybe we shouldn't tell them anything, you know, and they're having this. They know the bail-ins are coming. And a bail-in, what is that to you and me? If you have money in a bank, the, it's written in law already in 2008, Dodd-Frank Obama put it in where if a bank fails, the government doesn't necessarily bail them out anymore. It's going to be a bail-in where it comes from the depositors. And what they'll do is they'll take, a, a, I don't know what portion, all of it, three quarters, whatever they need, they'll just take it. Because remember, you gave a bank a loan. It's not your money in a bank. You've given them a loan. That's why they give you interest. And they have an obligation to pay you back. You're an unsecured creditor. That's actually the definition of you in a bank. But the bail-in will actually take your money in the bank, a currency in the bank, and convert it to shares of a bank. Sort of like owning stock in the bank. 
And then lucky, one day if you're lucky, that those shares then will be worth money and you can sell them. Of course, the bank just collapsed, so that's probably not a good investment. But that's what a bail-in would be, so you'd lose your money, currency. That's a big deal. And they know that's coming. So to what extent, I don't know. But if you end up going to war, you collapse the entire world's economy. We're not preparing for a war economy here. China actually is in secret. There are numerous bits of evidence of that. They're preparing their people and factories. It's very interesting. But we are not. We're completely distracted. We're distracted emotionally. We're distracted socially. We're divided politically. Could it be any more devil in the house that I've ever seen in my life that's going on in this country? Come to steal, kill, and destroy. Divide. We are so divided. You're divided in the church, let alone outside. You can't even trust half the church. Pride's got them. So you see, it's not safe. And here's the wrap-up of the financial WMD beyond the quadrillions in debts. You see, when if, if any skirmish of this war gets out of control, here's how this happens. Here's how the, the bomb blows. If any skirmish gets out of hand and it shuts down the global economy, those derivatives will start backfiring and, and being called in. And you put that on top of debt that can't be serviced, can't, you can't make your payments, and you just had a quadrillion just explosion go through this, through this world. And I hope that wouldn't happen. But see, that's what war can do. Just look at history of World War I, World War II, and you'll know economy shut down. Now, you can transfer it over into a wartime economy, Yes. And there's a lot of money to be made in wartime economies, sure, for certain people. But that's where it's at. And here's the bigger one. So the United States really can't stop. They'd have to actually stop, negotiate peace, let Russia keep the territories, and give all their money back, like hundreds of billions. But if they blew up, the West blew up those pipelines, Nord Stream 1, Nord Stream 2, this is for keeps. Because I say if we don't and we try to negotiate or we, this thing ends and we lose or perceive to lose, the dollar's done. So financially, here's why that's important then, because I don't see the ease backing down. Matter of fact, I think it picks up because especially with the West ran right now by these, these people running the West, these plants from George Soros, probably an anti, not Soros, well, because he is too, but um, Klaus Schwab almost like a dang antichrist if he wasn't so old. But these guys have their way, man. It's done. The dollar's done, so it can't. But here's the thing. Russia is now doing petro-gold. They're selling energy for gold. Now, who in the world doesn't want gold? Sometimes you don't want a paper currency of a country that the currency isn't worth a whole lot because they keep printing it diluting it. Pour a bottle of cranberry juice in an Olympic swimming pool. Try finding red. China is now going to a petrol wan. 
and their yuan is backed up by gold. The Shanghai cooperation, or the, the, that too, but the, the, the Shanghai market that trades oil for the Chinese is backed up by gold. How smart is that? The United States oil contracts are backed up by derivatives, which are fake because they sell what they don't even have or control. And China's backing theirs by gold. And they use the gold market, so they take the West gold first before they use anything internal, which is brilliant. But we just found out last year that Russia was the whale in the gold market that's been buying up all the gold. You see an article from the U.S. Mint that shows how, oh, yeah, gold demand was down this much and silver demand down even more last year. Yeah, on your, your minted product, because you didn't mint any and the prices were so darn high, the world's buying bullion bars, gold bars, 1,000 ounce, 400 ounce. This is financial. You're, that's not coming from the U.S. Mint. See how they mislead with information? So the Russia and the Chinese are now doing petrol gold wands, and China has now been found to be hoarding gold and the hoarder whale. Doesn't that tell you something? Right? That tells me something. Or if anything, I, I would rather be prepared and wrong than be unprepared and just downright want to kick myself in the can. That's why it's always better to to be slightly prepared. You don't have to be overboard. There's definitely some smart people that go way overboard. It's cool, but I mean, it takes a lot of time. But at least have food and, and water provision so you can sit back and think. But this is it. And we know it is because it's not a unipolar world anymore where it's controlled by the dollar. Ever since we did the sanctions and started this war, it is done. It has to be followed through and must have an ending. Who? Now we're a multipolar world and it's never coming back as, as much as the West thinks they can push it or make it happen. It's not. It can't. They're too powerful. They're too smart. They're too populated in the East. So we're just trying to figure out how best we can move forward. And so that's kind of where we're at. In the meantime, they will inflate our debt. They will keep printing money because they have no choice. Do you notice how they just throw around money all the time? Oh, yeah, we're going to give $100 billion to Ukraine. Can you imagine what $100 billion would do in this country for infrastructure or, dang, for tax breaks for poor and rich middle class schooling? I mean, there's a million things you can do with that. So there's something that is coming. There are definitely military and financial nuclear WMDs on our doorstep. I think gold and silver is just a part of it. I think it's very important to keep it in depositories, transfer IRAs. It's important. Why not be diversified and strongly in this time? But let's get prepared this year and to stay focused, not to be in fear. Because if it happens, it happens. If it happens, it's happening on a single day and it's done. Everything will change. You will wake up and it'll all be changed. Too late at that point. Guarantee you'll be too late in a hundred different ways. Not just gold, silver, be food, supplies. Everything will be just boom. They don't even have stuff on the shelves now. I've been waiting for a water heater for months. So just at least 
understand that these are the true dynamics facing us right now. Now, the debt and derivative thing could be bounced down a little bit more. I could see that. But the reason I think it's interesting is because if we do skirmish into a greater war that disrupts the economies and the flows of supply chain product, you absolutely are going to see derivative implosions and demands and debt defaults. And we're talking two and a half quadrillion right now. There's not a country alive that can handle even a trillion, really. But let alone, well, of course, we just blew 1.7 trillion, you see. We're printing and spending money on all the wrong things at the time in history we're doing it. That's what fascinates me. If we're going to blow out $2 trillion, do you know how amazing we could make this country in lieu of the situation? And yet we're doing it and blowing it into non-productive asset resource channels. That's astounding to me. Why? Timing. She maximizing military power backup. We're giving our oil reserves to China. Right now, we depleted our oil reserves and our ammunition. It's like if we end up escalating to a bigger war, I'm not so sure there is going to be a war. They'll just hand it over. The United States. Heck, it seems like a third of this country is bought off by the Chinese already. They'll just turn it over and say, yeah, come on in. But these Chinese communists, they're Xenos, man. They're going to come and just start killing people, probably. I wouldn't trust that. They believe they're worse than Nazis on steroids and the belief that they think that they're a dominant race and are going to control the world. And this is right out of the mouth of the insiders. You know, they're military academy people and Department of Defense type people in China. That's what they believe. So the timing's interesting. So I say we, the people, as long as we know the truth, we can be at peace the best we can to set up, love those around us, get into community. But don't think things are as usual because it definitely isn't. First time I ever went this long. For those who hung on, I hope it made it worth it. So God bless you until next week. With record money printing, wild fluctuations in the stock market, and our devalued currency, only one easily accessible investment has stood the test of time, and that is precious metals. Precious metals such as physical silver and gold are a store of value provide stability for your portfolio under the most widely accepted hedge against inflation and market volatility. Fortunes of incalculable wealth have been built throughout history through ownership of these wonderful metals and smart investors still rely on the dependability of silver and gold to protect and preserve their hard-earned wealth and prosper in times of economic uncertainty. Call Cornerstone Asset Metals today at 888-747-3309 to protect, preserve and prosper with silver and gold. Call 888-747-3309 or visit cornerstoneassetmetals.com.